good morning. And good morning for the last time. Over the past few weeks, I have had my Viva, which was my final oral examination. Although really, it was less formal than that. It was more of a discussion between me, my subject mentor from school, and my professional practice tutor from university. And my professional practice tutor asked me various questions, which related to my practice as a trainee teacher and to the teaching standards against which I'm being assessed this year. And afterwards, I was told that I would be recommended for QTS, that's Qualified Teacher Status, which was what this entire year was building towards. The PGCE is more than just a QTS. It also has an academic aspect, but it's the QTS that you need if you want to be a teacher. And sure, there are certain schools, independent schools perhaps, that don't require you to have QTS to be a teacher, but the vast majority of schools do. So that's what it was all about, and I was recommended for QTS. Also, in the past week, I had my course completion day, my final day at university, the final day of the PGCE course, where we spoke about how the year had gone and the sorts of things to expect as ECTs, so early career teachers. After you've received your QTS, finished your PGCE, and you start working as a teacher, you'll be an early career teacher for two years, which means you operate on a slightly reduced timetable, 10% less in your first year, 5% less in your second year, and you continue to receive support from a mentor, which is good to know. I think it'll make the transition from being a trainee teacher to being a full-blown teacher a smoother one. Now, this PGCE year seems to have gone in a flash, yet when I think back to my first day of my first school placement, so this would have been mid-September last year, it seems like an eternity ago. So I'm not sure what's going on with my perception of time around the PGCE. It's like it's a black hole of of stress that that warps space-time around it. I don't know. That's unfair. I would not describe the PGCE as a black hole of stress. <laughs> but if I could go back to the me on that first day at my first school placement, and I could give that version of me one piece of advice, it would be not to try and control everything. Come to peace with the fact that you're in a situation that is beyond your control. Don't fight the tide, but rather go with the flow. Let it take you where it will. And just observe. Take things in. And soon enough, you'll find yourself on solid ground. Things will start to make sense. Yeah, I think that a year ago I caused myself a lot of undue stress and anxiety. 
because I wanted to start in a position of control. I wanted to know what was going on, what I needed to do. And those expectations were wildly unrealistic. I spoke with John Thornby, who has worked in teacher education for a long time. I spoke with him before I started the PGCE course. I interviewed him, basically. It was an early episode on the podcast. And he told me that learning how to teach is like learning how to drive a car. So to begin with, you're trying to pay attention to everything at once. Your working memory is massively overloaded. It's very stressful. But the more time you spend in a car, the more of those things become automated. You start doing things automatically. You no longer have to pay attention to them. Instead, you can focus and pay attention to the things that are important. You no longer have to worry about pressing in the clutch and changing the gear at the right time. You do it automatically. So all that attention that would have originally been taken up by all these different little processes... You can now just focus on the things that matter. You can focus on the road. Now, I like that analogy, but when I first started a year ago on my PGCE, in that first placement school on my first day, it wasn't so much like I'd just gotten into the driving seat for the first time. It was like I didn't even know what a car was. I didn't know what a road was, and yet I was getting into the driver's seat and I was expecting myself to be able to drive already, despite having none of the relevant concepts, none of the relevant background knowledge. I was completely out of my depth, and I fought that for a while, and like I said, I caused myself quite a bit of stress, and instead I should have just gone with the flow, been more passive in those early days, built up a base level of knowledge and experience so that I could start connecting things. So of course, when driving, the thing that really matters is the road. What about when teaching? What really matters when teaching? What are the things that I should be giving most of my attention to? Well, Again, in those early days, I didn't know, and it took me a long while to figure out. And I didn't really figure it out on my own, but rather I was told it by my mentor in my second placement school. He told me that the two most important things when teaching are good explanations and making sure the kids know that you care about them. If you can do those two things, then you'll be a good teacher. And this coincided with an essay I was writing at the time about motivation. And I learnt that three things are crucial for motivation. If you're to be truly motivated to do something, to learn, for example, if we're putting ourselves in the shoes of the student, the three things that are crucial are self-efficacy. If I'm to be motivated to do something then I must have confidence in my ability to do that thing successfully. And that's where those good explanations from the teacher come in. If the teacher has given the student a good explanation, then they are more likely to have self-efficacy. 
They're going to understand the task and know what they need to do to accomplish it. The second of the three crucial things for motivation is relatedness or belonging. You must feel part of a community where you're valued and the thing that you're being asked to do is also valued. And that's where the care comes in. So if I as a teacher want a student to be motivated to learn in my lessons, they must feel like they belong there. They must, at the very least, feel cared for by their teacher. It's crucial. And the third thing, which follows on from the first two, is a sense of agency. Students must feel like they are learning for their own reasons. It's not fear of punishment or the promise of reward, but rather something internal that drives them to learn. Now I say this follows from the first two things because if a student is in a classroom where they feel where they have confidence in their ability to do what's being asked and they have a teacher who cares about them, then they're more likely to internalise the reasons for which they're working. So to bring it back to what my mentor said to me, yes, the two most important things when teaching are good explanations and making sure the kids know you care about them. Those are the things that I should have been focusing on all along. But it took a lot of spinning in the void before I finally managed to orient myself. And like I said, I didn't do it on my own. My mentor told me. So another piece of advice I think I'd give myself a year ago and I'd also give to anyone who's about to start their PGCE, is when you first start, go with the flow. That's important. Don't try to control everything all at once. Know what matters, and what matters when teaching is good explanations and making sure the kids know you care about them. And maintain constant dialogue with your mentors, with your tutors. Because I guarantee they make teaching look easy. And that's because they've already automated everything that you're currently worrying about. And they're just focusing on what really matters. And via constant dialogue, they can help you automate those periphery processes sooner and help you focus on what really matters sooner. And that makes everything easier. You have limited experience. Your mentors and your tutors have a lot of experience, so draw on their experience via dialogue. It's crucial. And some subjects seem to have a higher attrition rate for trainees than others. So lots of maths trainee teachers seem to drop out. And there are competing explanations for this. One might be that there's a big bursary for maths trainee teachers, but a financial incentive isn't enough to get you through the PGCE year, let alone to sustain you as a teacher. You need to have a far deeper reason for teaching than just money. But another explanation that seems to be math specific is that there's something about mathematicians which makes them less likely to talk to other people to collaborate. They're more likely to want to do it all on their own 
and that makes life trickier because they're then less likely to draw on that wealth of experience in their mentors and their tutors. And so that whole process of automation and learning what matters in teaching so that you can focus on that perhaps takes much longer or may even be impossible. I don't know. Impossible within a year anyway. So yes, my advice would be go with the flow. Don't try to control everything. Focus on what matters. And if you don't know what matters, which none of us really do right at the beginning, talk to your mentors, talk to your tutors. Draw on their experience. Now, what about my mental health? So the recurring theme throughout this podcast has been my mental health. And that was because I had struggled with my mental health before starting the PGCE and for several years. And I'd struggled with both anxiety and depression. And I had heard the PGCE described as a course that will break you. And it's only the most resilient of people that make it through the PGCE course. With hindsight, again, I don't think that's a fair representation of the PGCE, at least not of my experience of the PGCE. I think it's not so much about resilience as it is about being motivated by the right kinds of reasons. If you want to be a teacher for the right kinds of reasons, then those reasons will sustain you throughout and you will become resilient. But yes, I had heard that the course was a very difficult one. And so I thought I would document my mental health throughout this podcast as a form of catharsis, so to help me process my own feelings and also to perhaps help anyone else who was experiencing similar feelings whilst undertaking the PGCE. And my final verdict as to how the PGCE has affected my mental health would be that my mental health has never been better. I think that life is inherently stressful and anxiety-inducing and painful. It will be for everyone. Even if you're a millionaire sat on a yacht somewhere and that's all you ever need to do, life will still be stressful. At some point you will start to age. You'll become ill. Or perhaps you've got family members who are ageing or ill. Or perhaps they have problems. Life is unavoidably stressful for everyone. But if you have a sense of purpose, then the stress becomes worthwhile. Sure, I feel stressed a lot of the time, but it is stress in pursuit of a worthwhile goal. And that is what the PGCE has given me, a worthwhile goal. Because I think stress and anxiety without a purpose, that's what leads to depression. You start asking yourself questions like, what is the point? Why do I bother? And I think what you're really asking is, what is the point of all this stress, of all this pain? But if you have a goal, like teaching, for example, 
or it could be anything. But for me, I think I found it in teaching. If you have a goal that you believe is worthwhile, then the stress makes sense. Now, what next? So I start as an ECT, an early career teacher, in July, which is great. I'm at the same school that I did my training, again, which is great. Starting in July means that I'll get paid over summer, again, wonderful. And from September, I'll be teaching 19 hours a week. It's not yet set in stone, but I believe 15 or 16 of those will be maths and three will be computer science. And I will also be starting an MA in character education. So I will continue to study alongside my practice as a teacher. And what about the podcast? Well, the My PGCE podcast will come to an end because my PGCE has come to an end. But I'll start a new podcast with similar themes, although I think I would like to do more interviews, especially with some of my colleagues. I really enjoyed the conversation I had with Miss Ruddick in the previous episode. She's not a colleague of mine insofar as she doesn't work in my school. I made contact with her via Twitter, but it was a wonderful conversation. So I'd like to do more of that. The recurring theme of mental health will continue to recur. And the podcast will be called the Mr. Brown podcast. I was thinking about calling it my ECT, but I've gone with a more generic approach, which should last me now forever. So keep an eye out for the Mr. Brown podcast. I will put a link to the podcast and to my new Twitter account in the show notes. So please go and subscribe and follow. I hope that your PGCE was as successful as mine. And I do really think that mine was a success for lots of reasons, as I've spoken about in this in this episode. It wasn't just about getting a QTS or getting the PGCE. It was about finding a purpose, something that I think will sustain me for a long time and something for which I can be motivated in the right kind of way, which will keep the most threatening of mental health issues at bay for the foreseeable future, at least. Thank you for listening, and I look forward to talking again soon on the new Mr. Brown podcast.